Welcome to the RG Podcast Network and the RG Business Navigate series. This podcast presents topical global business stories that affect Bermuda. Series host Shivani Seth interviews business leaders and experts in finance, insurance, reinsurance, risk, accounting, and other business services. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the RG Business Podcast Series. I'm Shivani Sate and I'm your host. Today I'd like to welcome my two guests, which are from the Bermuda Ocean Prosperity Program, Cheryl Ann Mapp and Ali Hochberg. Welcome to you both. If I will begin, I was actually hoping somebody might say hello to you. <laughs> <guests, but laughs> okay. I didn't want to interrupt Good. you. No, that's Good day, okay. and it's a pleasure to be here with <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thanks both. Um, so if I may be begin with you then, Ali, please, could you tell me about your role at the Bermuda Ocean Prosperity Programme and also an overview of what is the Bermuda Ocean Prosperity Programme? Sure, yes. I'm the outreach manager for the Bermuda Ocean Prosperity Programme. I'm going to shorten it now, so we call it BOP, so that way okay. you don't have to say the whole name for the rest mm-hmm. of the programme. So it's a community-driven programme to foster the sustainable, profitable, and enjoyable use of Bermuda's ocean resources. And we're doing this through the development of what we call the Blue Prosperity Plan, which has two parts that work together for Bermuda's future. Um, the first part is the Marine Spatial Plan, and the second part is a Blue Economy Strategy. So I will, in a second, let Cheryl tell you all about the Blue Economy Strategy, but um, we throw around the word Marine Spatial Planning like everybody really understands what that means. So I just want to take a second to explain what Marine Spatial Planning Thank really you. is. Thank yeah, def- you. I, def- <laughs> I definitely need that explanation. Yeah. So Marine Spatial Planning is a public process that takes environmental data and how people use all of the ocean spaces. And it takes all of this and puts this together to find the best way to um, combine all of these various activities in a way that minimizes user conflict while also protecting the marine environment and the marine resources. Um, Our MSP also includes the development of a marine protected area network that protects 20% of Bermuda's marine spaces, marine waters, as fully protected, marine protected areas. Um, And it protects them from things like development, dredging, dumping, extractive research, and fishing. And all of this is really important because, as Cheryl will tell you, a thriving blue economy depends on a healthy marine environment. Thank you, that was very succinct, and I'm glad we know what MSP now is. So let me move over to you now, Cheryl Ann, welcome. And I know that you are the blue economy specialist at BOP. Please, could you tell me about what your role entails? Yes, thank you, Shivani. I'm happy to do so. Uh, I am the BOP Blue Economy Specialist. I'm part of the on-site team here. And my role with uh, BOP is to really help to develop the Blue Economy Strategy and to look to connect people within the community with BOP and the opportunities that we're hoping to develop through this particular initiative. Okay, and and perhaps a little more about the blue economy strategy yes, itself. Well, indeed, well, the, as Ali said to you, we, we use these terms very uh, very fluidly amongst <laughs> our own, but uh, it is important for the community to really get an understanding as to what the blue economy strategy is, because I'm very excited about it. Um, I the the strategy that we're looking to develop and the vision that we have for Bermuda is really to develop a strategy that provides opportunities for entrepreneurs within the blue ocean space to really look at how we better use um, our oceans 
and how we use it in conjunction with the marine spatial plan okay. is that we're looking, to, as Alex just said, a healthy ocean will prevent will pre- will present for us opportunities for our people. Okay, Thank and you. so really part of the um, the the growth of the ocean industries really is going to be through the development of what we're looking to have as an ocean fund. It's a blue ocean prosperity um, fund that we're looking to develop, and that fund is going to really look to support three key areas that we have, sustainable fisheries, renewable energies, and sustainable marine tourism. Okay, thank you very much. And as we know, or certainly when I go on the website, I'm not sure if the audience will know as yet, but as we know, the BOP is a partnership between the Bermuda government the Bermuda Institute of Ocean Sciences and the Weight Institute. So um, how does this partnership work exactly and and what are the goals of the partnership? Sure, yep. So the development of the Blue Prosperity Plan has been led by the government of Bermuda, specifically uh, the Department of Environment and Natural Resources, which is under the Ministry of Home Affairs. Um, The process has been supported, as you mentioned, by the Bermuda Institute of Ocean Sciences, which is actually now part of Arizona State University. That partnership started back in 2021, I believe. Um, And so that has provided scientific data and guidance alongside our local scientists. And the Waite Institute is a U.S.-based nonprofit, and that has helped facilitate the process with technical expertise, funding, and logistical support. Um, So... The goals. Um, So the goals of the Blue Prosperity Plan, I think I mentioned that earlier, but it's basically to provide a balance between the protection of our island's marine resources and the needs of the multiple stakeholder groups that use all of the island's marine spaces. So that includes everybody from tourists, it includes utilities, recreational and commercial fishermen, um, your every, like, Bermuda is so small that basically yes. everyone is impacted <laughs> by the ocean in some way or another. So we consider everyone that lives on the island an ocean user and a stakeholder. So really the goal of the plan is to balance um, the protection of the marine environment with the uses of everybody on the island. Um, and we're doing this basically through three pillars. So the marine spatial planning, the blue economy strategy, and then sustainable fishing. Okay, thank you. And I'd, I'd probably like to reiterate there that, as you mentioned, we're all key stakeholders yeah. living on such a small island yeah. so we we really do have our part to play in this yeah even if you're not actively like fishing or boating or you're impacted by the ocean in yes, some way indeed so a significant portion of your work at bop is also to grow jobs in ocean related industries perhaps you could tell me about this maybe i'll have that question for you cheryl ann um, how is it progressing and what initiatives are you using to raise awareness sure um, I'm really excited to be able to say that what we're looking to do is really support the local community and build out um, diversification within the economy. And by doing so, we're looking at two particular streams of uh, entrepreneurs. One that uh, is a startup, so we have an incubator phase where persons who want to develop businesses within the blue ocean space have an opportunity to do that through a guided program. And those who have existing businesses which we call accelerators, who are looking to really just scale those businesses, um, will have an opportunity to be funded to do that as well. And um, what we're looking at as a mechanism to do that, we have two um, initiatives that we're pursuing at the moment. One is what we're calling the Ocean Fund. I I alluded to it earlier. And that fund, we're looking to uh, hopefully attract investment up to $40 million there. 
And from that fund, what, the, what that fund will be is a local Bermuda um, registered fund with the Bermuda Monetary Authority, have a local investment manager, et cetera. And what that fund is looking to do is support the three pillars of activity that I mentioned earlier, sustainable fisheries, renewable energy, and uh, sustainable marine tourism. Um, so we're partnering, for instance, with the BTA. We're looking to develop in uh, next year, hopefully, a pilot program, which is going to be for our incubators. And uh, just looking for continuous engagement with the community and the donor community in particular, who are eager to um, support this type of an initiative. Okay, thank you. I was about to ask you timescale, but as you mentioned, in the very near future, so 2024 looks like yeah, 2024. A phase will I begin. think we'll have done a few things. Um, we are actively looking to develop, for instance, the governance framework around the fund, okay. and that will be linked in with the Marine Spatial Plan. So it's important, as Ali said to you, we have a Blue Prosperity Plan, which is the Marine Spatial Plan and the Blue Economy Strategy. The two of them work hand in glove, um, and the legislative foundation for the Marine Spatial Plan will incorporate some of the governance framework for the Blue Economy Strategy. Okay, thank you. No, I think that's all provided me with a great foundation for understanding more and more about BOP. So perhaps we can turn to you, Ali. Firstly, I'll begin with Climate Week. I know you've just returned from Climate Week, which was held this year in New York. What were your key takeaway points? Yeah, so um, that's actually a highlight for me of the year. It's the second time I've been up at Climate Week. Um, so this year I was invited to speak um, at a panel at Inshore. Okay. And I was talking about the intersection between ocean science and climate finance. So climate finance is one of like a, a rabbit hole that I've fallen down recently. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so one of the main points that I wanted to make um, during my panel talk that I think is also relevant here to Bermuda is the disparity in the money that is spent globally on um, climate mitigation. So that is finance that's spent basically on removing carbon dioxide from mm -hmm. the atmosphere um, versus climate adaptation, which is money that would be spent on making coastal communities and island nations like Bermuda more resilient to climate changes that okay. are coming up. Um, and so just to give you some real money numbers, right? Um, so over 2019 and 2020, about $571 billion was spent on climate mitigation, whereas $46 billion was spent on climate wow. adaptation. Okay. So that's a huge, huge disparity, huge disparity yes. right? And as we know, um, small island nations, or as we call them, large ocean states um, like Bermuda are uh, impacted differently um, and more heavily by climate changes. So we should be focusing a lot of that money on climate adaptation and making sure that we become more resilient to these changes in climate. Um, but one other big takeaway that I think um, across the board at Climate Week um, was related to voluntary carbon markets. And okay. so a lot of, like that goes with carbon credits that I think you know a lot of people have heard about that companies buy carbon credits to offset the pollution that they right. might be putting out there. Okay. And so these voluntary carbon markets have been going on for a while now and Delta just got sued because they were caught like greenwashing their, yes, their carbon credits, right? A lot and of talk about greenwashing. Yes, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so um, really across the board, um, there was a call for more regulation for these voluntary carbon markets. And so, but also there was um, this perception, or not perception, but everybody really agreed that you can't get perfect, get in the way of progress. Mm -hmm. um, and so 
this understanding that voluntary carbon markets are really here to stay and that they are doing good, but that by putting additional regulations in place, we can prevent this greenwashing from happening. Okay, gosh, that must have been incredibly interesting. And do you feel that you were able to get your point of view across the climate mitigation versus the, the alternative route? Yeah, I think so, because the following day I was actually at a reception and I had someone come up to me and be like, I had never thought about it that way. Okay. I spent all night Googling things about it. So right. for me, that was that was really like I've never had that happen before so <laughs> no I think so. well statistics are so powerful yeah you just once you present those it really does awaken people yeah I think when you put numbers behind things and especially when you have money numbers yes. behind things, yes it really hits it, it does people. absolutely and and again Ali a question back to you the tech summit just finished yesterday evening yeah um, and you were very much there again what would be your update or your key takeaway points for the tech summit that took place here in Bermuda yeah, well, I think, and a lot of this um, relates to BOP also. Um, so I think for a lot of the tech that's taking place, um, Bermuda is a great place for, for tech. Um, we have a really great regulatory framework for people to mm -hmm. come. Um, you know, as someone once put it to me, when new tech spins up in the States, you know, they have five doors of red tape to go through. But here in Bermuda, we only have one door of red tape to go through. Okay. Um, you know, we have the energy sandbox, which is a great place for people to come and try and innovate. Um, we have the Bermuda Business Development Association, which is a great, you know, uh, door for people to come and, and yes. you know, they help shepherd new companies to come and innovate through. Um, and a lot of the tech that they talked about really relates to climate also. Um, and so people don't think of things like blockchain and how it could relate to climate. Um, but also Bermuda's this amazing hub. You know, we bill ourselves as the risk capital of the world. Yes. And so we can be doing some amazing things in terms of climate finance, things like blue bonds and things like that. So a lot of that was talked about at the tech summit. And um, I think a lot of it is really pertinent to Bermuda. And, and do you feel going forward that the tech summit will start incorporating more in, in terms of climate in their actual agenda? I hope so. Yeah, like there was there was a panel talk on it, and then I think in the networking sessions you heard people talk about climate a lot. Okay. Um, and I think that at the climate summit that happens every year, I think you'll see more tech talks in the climate summit as well. Okay. So I definitely think there's a lot of overlap between the okay. two. Okay. No, that's that's great that it's all raising awareness, and really, you know, it feeds into my next question quite nicely. So, my podcasts tend to focus around international business. And as we all know, ESG investing for a company is growing exponentially, exponentially, with many placing ESG at the core of their company's strategy, identity and culture. So from all that we've discussed today, it certainly seems that BOP has an offering for a company's ESG strategy, unless I'm mistaken. So both to a new company coming to the island as well as an existing one. So perhaps I'll move over back to you, Cheryl Ann, on this one. What What are your thoughts on this? How would or how could this work? Sure. Um, I think just picking up where Ali left off, I think we in Bermuda have an ideal opportunity to capitalize in this space. Um, the Bermuda Monetary has been great at positioning itself as a regulator to encourage innovation in Bermuda. And they've set out, you know, with the insurance industry that we have, you know, objectives for them to meet what we in the ESG space, mm -hmm. which totally aligns with what we're doing now and uh, from my perspective I'm excited about it because I get an opportunity to speak with stakeholders both on the financial services side and also on the environmental side yes. about investing into the blue economy um, and using the ESG requirements that the authority has laid out for them 
to be able to fulfill that mission. And it's, it's aligning quite well. We've had quite a lot of interest from the international community on this space. And as Ali's just said, both with the tech conference um, we just had and with the climate summit we had uh, earlier this summer, both have really highlighted the need for alignment between what is happening for the future and how we position ourselves in the future from an environmental perspective and also looking at things from a finance side. So I think we're very well suited in Bermuda to take advantage of this next wave of opportunity. Yeah, and I think that's another excellent offering. I always try to highlight why Bermuda is such a great jurisdiction with the regulator, with you know so many other things that we have at play here, but certainly climate, as we talk about, we're beginning to talk about climate more and more. So be to be able to have that offering for an external community is fantastic. So that's great. So I think finally, um, really my question is that, that, as you mentioned earlier, Ali, the government is committed to protecting 20% of Bermuda's waters. Are we on track for this? How does that? How do you actually go about? I'm trying to think. Do you divvy up the ocean? What do you, What do you do to to protect 20% of our waters? Yeah. Well, I mean, basically that's what it is. So, um, a marine spatial plan um, that incorporates a marine protected area network is basically divvying up the ocean. Okay. Um, and um, our plan isn't new. So there have been calls to protect a certain percentage of Bermuda's waters. Um, since before 2019, which is when Bob began. And I'd, I also want to point out that globally there's something called 30 by 30, which is to protect 30% of the, ocean, the global ocean by 2030. Um, so we, a lot of other nations are doing this, and so we're in line with that. Um, okay. So we are on track, um, and I also want to point out that um, you know, our plan is to protect 20% of our waters as fully protected marine protected areas, but that also means that 80% of the waters would still be open to all of the other activities. Right. Um, still be open to fishing um, and, you know, boating and tourism and all of that. Um, but I also want to point out that what this does by protecting these areas is that it ensures that important areas for fishing, such as nursery grounds and spawning areas, are protected, which ensures um, a longer-term, you know, future for the fishing industry. Um, it safeguards those vital fishing grounds for long into the future. Um, so we are on track for that. Um, and then looking into the future, I think, you know, we want, we're going to complete the updated version of the Blue Prosperity Plan. Um, it's been shaped all along by stakeholder feedback, which is something that I think gets missed a lot. Okay. So since the inception of BOP, since the start of the Blue Prosperity Plan, we've had stakeholder input. Um, we have um, a steering committee, a science committee. We've also had six stakeholder groups. We call them ocean village groups. And so these represent basically all of the island's stakeholders. So everyone that I mentioned before. Okay. Um, and then we've had a focus group series. Um, we had our... Um, public consultation period last year on the draft plan. Mm -hmm. And even though that closed, we've been using the time since that closed to keep um, the door open for feedback from stakeholders. So that includes um, everyone from our ocean village groups, as well as going back to commercial fishermen. Um, we've had someone from the Department of Environment and Natural Resources actually like going out to their homes at times that have been most convenient to them to say, you know, 
which areas are most important to you? Can you show okay. us on the map? You know, so we're still collecting feedback because it's really important to us that this plan benefits all of Bermuda and all of the stakeholders. Right. And we want to make sure that we hear every stakeholder's voice. So the plan is moving forward. Um, we're going to continue working with the community and spreading the word on why Bermuda is worth protecting. Okay, thank you. And from your perspective, Cheryl Ann, what are the upcoming goals for 2024? Yeah, so I think one of the, the highlights that we're working towards right now is really looking to finalize our strategy document. As Ali's just said, we are continuing to take in public feedback um, and trying to shore it up and make it the most relevant we can, both for the benefit of the donor community and also for our potential uh, uh, participants with respect to the entrepreneurs and, and the job creators. And one of the things that we're looking forward to um, hopefully in the first quarter of next year is going to be to develop a pilot program for those incubators okay. um, and um, looking to see how we can best assist or what mechanisms that the accelerator program is going to be able to use to best assist that group. Um, so yeah, I think uh, 2024 is looking very bright for us. Um, Bob, I'm really excited to be part of this initiative and I think we have a lot um, to look forward to and and uh, Bermuda's on the right track. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you. Thank you both very much for that. It's been incredibly interesting, and I wish Bop every success. Looks like we're, there's Thanks. a lot of work ahead, a lot of very exciting work. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, so I'd really like to thank my guests, Cheryl Ann Mapp and Ali Hogberg from Bermuda's Ocean Prosperity Program. Uh, I'm Shivani Sait, and I've been your host. You've been listening to the RG Podcast Network and the RG Business Navigate series with host Shivani Seth. Check the Royal Gazette for the next episode. Thank you for listening.